Hello and welcome to the Hinterviews podcast with Peter Hinton, produced by the National Arts Center English Theatre and coming to you from the Panorama Room of the National Arts Center in Ottawa. I'm Sean Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the third Hinterview of the NAC English Theatre's 2010-11 season. In each episode, we will take you into the intimate world of the artists and creative minds behind the productions on stage at the National Arts Centre English Theatre. In them, Artistic Director Peter Hinton chats with a guest artist associated with the production. In this interview podcast, Peter speaks with Nativity playwright Peter Anderson about how he began his career as a performer and writer in theatre and the creation of the holiday musical comedy Nativity, which played at the NAC Theatre from December 8th to the 23rd. For more information about the NAC Theatre production of Nativity, please visit www.nac-cna.ca. Click on English Theatre. And now, here are Peter Hinton and Peter Anderson. Good afternoon, everybody. Hi. Welcome to this afternoon's interview. And uh, I want to wish everybody a very happy holidays. And thanks so much for coming out this afternoon. Um, before I uh, invite you to join me in welcoming our guest today, I want to tell you a little bit about Peter Anderson, who is the playwright of our production, Nativity. Peter, you might remember, because he's also a performer, and he played the lead role in The Overcoat, uh, which played here about six years ago, I think. And in a career spanning 30 years, uh. Peter's authored over a dozen <laughs> plays for British Columbia's Caravan Farm Theatre, including The Blue Horse, The Coyote's Christmas, The Sleigh Ride Christmas Carol, The Ballad of Weedy Peat Straw, Bull by the Horns, and Horseplay. His other plays include Rattle in the Dash, El Crocodor, Bones, and he's done stage adaptations of Animal Farm by George Orwell, Liz Estrada, Eurydice, and most recently, Don Quixote, which just played at the Arts Club Theatre in Vancouver and the Centaur Theatre in Montreal. And he wrote that with Colin Heath. He's one of the original creators of the physical comedy hit, The Number 14, with Axis Theatre. And Nativity is part of a trilogy of mystery plays. The first being Creation, Nativity that you'll see this afternoon, and Passion. And they were originally produced by the Caravan Farm Theatre and Western Canada Theatre uh, between 1991 and 93. As an actor, Peter's credits include the title role in Don Quixote, the Tosca Project with the American Conservatory Theatre in San Francisco, the Love List at the Vancouver Playhouse, Seven Stories at Canadian Stage and Theatre Calgary, and Waiting for Godot at the Arts Club Theatre. Please join me in welcoming Peter Anderson. Thank you. So you're an actor and a playwright. That's right. Uh, which came first? How is... <laughs> <laughs> the egg, no. <laughs> uh, um, I think I have parallel strands through my, as young as four. I have a, a wonderful home movie my father made of me. I was an only child, so I think 
my active imagination like to play a lot. And I have this great home movie my dad made of me doing a boxing match, playing both boxers, the timekeeper and the referee, <laughs> and, uh, throwing myself around the living room. It's only about a minute long, but I, I love it because it's, it's, it's me in the overcoat. It's, uh, oh, wow. so, so that was very, yeah, at a, a young age, I had that element. And uh, my love of words, I think my mother loved reading, and I think that was my first thought of profession when I was maybe around sixth grade reading Ray Bradbury and I was one of those unusual children that loved poetry when I was 14 yeah. I think my mom gave me a copy of Robert Frost's collected works and a rhyming dictionary uh, and as I was a teenager I became very introverted and shy for whatever reasons and so I you know the the performing side of me I thought would never happen I <laughs> yeah, I, I, just talking in class in high school was, I was filled with stage fright doing that. So it wasn't until my last year in university that I took an elective course in uh, experimental theater, Grotowski method, and, and got press ganged into playing the lead in this play called Futz in the 1960s. It was a very wild play. Oh, yeah. Very controversial <laughs> play. Very controversial play about a man in love with a pig. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was the 60s. <laughs> but I, I got the bug from that and formed a comedy troupe with some other friends who were writers doing wacky Marx Brothers, Monty Python-esque musicals where people would do Cole Porter tunes and we'd do little skits in between. Wow. And uh, for you, like, uh, does your experience as a performer, it must inform how you write? Or do you, do you act it out when you're writing it? Do you, <laughs> I think a little bit. Together, uh, uh, yeah, no, I think it does inf inform me, you know, not consciously, but I think I do, maybe I don't always act it out, but I am speaking it in my head when I'm, when I'm uh -huh. writing the words. I hear them a certain way. I think I... I think I think that way more than I do visually. I often don't have a clear sense of, of how it's going to be staged at all. I, I mean, I love that part of it that the designers bring. So, I, I, yeah, I think I hear a certain rhythm. And so that, for me, that's a, a because theater is collaboration, that's a place where I have, I'm continually learning to give over to a different interpretation or a different rhythm on actors' parts. And, uh -huh. yeah. and, and for those of you who remember The Overcoat, you'll know that Peter <laughs> is an extremely physical performer. And what I love about that is you're, you're known so much for physical theater mm -hmm. and you write for physical theater. So it challenges <laughs> a lot of our ideas about mm. words and the body and images. Mm -hmm. Do you, is there a kind of theater you dream of that you, that you love that uh, nativity. <laughs> uh, that incorporates the, those elements of the body and words. And yeah, I think, I think my, my work has been like geared towards that. I, I, I'm not sure I, I no, dream of. A, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love, I mean, I love... I can't imagine you writing a play with a sofa, a television set. Uh. No, it's funny though, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, naturalistic theater is not my first love. Uh -huh. I certainly respect really good naturalistic theater and, and I also, I mean, I like uh, a lot of Beckett 
which is, uh -huh. you know, it's things I do like text that is pushed in non-naturalistic ways. Uh, I mean, for me, theater should be theatrical. Uh, it sounds obvious, but there's, you know, there's a, a school of acting where people are always talking about what's real and what's the truth of the situation, which is a very valid thing. But sometimes I think one tends to forget that the ultimate truth is that we're on a stage in front of people. And, <laughs> and it's the kind of theater where it's not shared with the audience. And I think it's always important to have that third sense of sharing with the audience. Uh, you've had a very long association with the Caravan Farm Theater mm -hmm. in Armstrong, British Columbia. Could you tell us a little bit about that relationship? Yeah, and sure. History? I, uh, after university, I grew up in the States, uh, went to University of Michigan where I studied creative writing. And as I said, just at the end of university, I got the theater bug and I went to a school in Northern California called Del Arte. That was a school of mime and comedy, learned juggling, riding unicycle, uh, mask work, acrobatics. And while I was there, a fellow from the Caravan Stage Company in, in BC came to the school and told me about this theater company that traveled in horse-drawn wagons and just sounded the, like the wildest thing. So I had finished my schooling and I hitchhiked up, up to BC and auditioned for the company and got cast and spent four months that summer touring BC with a show about Bill Miner, the legendary train robber, oh. who ironically came to Canada from the States and uh, under the pseudonym George Anderson <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, and I, just, I mean, it was so romantic for me. I grew up outside of Detroit, so being bred in the car culture and then spending a summer driving a team of Clydesdale horses on a wagon. We would literally travel eight miles a day and stay in farmers' fields and then arrive in town and set up a, a big uh, tent without a roof, but just banners and people would come and love the shows. Uh, and that probably informed my writing too. When you're performing outdoors, you have to be very bold in your choices. It, it, you, you could say you have to sacrifice subtlety, but I think <laughs> a better way to say is you just have to be really clear and bold about what, what it is you're saying. Uh, and also a really important thing, at, I mean, I fell in love with the caravan and decided I want to do this. So I, I immigrated to Canada. The next, next year I met my wife, Melody, who was working in a health food store at the time and is now a great mask maker. Uh, and, uh, yeah. and um, it also became, uh, began a long association with Nick Hutchinson, who was the artistic director of the caravan at the time. And Nick and I just uh, really hit it off uh, as a director and me as a playwright actor. We had this same aesthetic and sometimes you meet people where you're just on the same wavelength and, and you don't have to talk about the basics, like yeah. the, you share that. And so we were able to really forge a, a great relationship. I wrote, as Peter mentioned, about a dozen plays for the caravan during my association with Nick. And it was Nick who first brought the mystery plays to my attention. Now these mystery plays are plays from the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. And uh, what inspired you with those plays, those medieval plays? Are you familiar with these plays? The York Cycle, the Wakefield Cycle, the End Town Cycle. And they are from the Middle Ages. And mm -hmm. uh, 
were performed by guilds, mm -hmm. stories from the Bible. So mm -hmm. it was something Nick wanted to do at the farm. And uh, Yeah, Nick had seen a production of, I believe it was the National Theatre did uh, a production where they had modernized uh, these cycles. Tony Harrison had done an adaptation and God was portrayed as a, a British working class man wearing a hard hat and driving a forklift. And, uh, and when he dropped Lucifer into hell, the, Lucifer was on the top forklift and they just lowered the <laughs> forklift. And, and Nick had seen this, so he and it, uh, he, Nick was, is from England originally, and it, uh, there seemed elements that really shared with the caravan. His caravan did outdoor theater, and a lot of community involvement, and uh, uh, so he approached me and asked if I'd be interested in adapting them. And at first I was a little, I approached it with some trepidation when I found out it was all the stories of the Bible. I didn't know if that was gonna open a can of worms, but uh, as I read the mystery plays, I just became fascinated by the language, and, yeah. and they're just remarkable plays, like full of um, alliteration and rhyme, all in verse, which was, uh, again, like one of my first loves. I love playing with words, and uh, I just found the challenge of, also, the material of, of how do we interpret faith in our modern world, which is kind of what the mystery plays were doing. We're taking the stories of the Bible and putting them in a medieval or for them present context. Yeah. And so uh, you updated, you uh, more than adapted, that you really developed your own style and your own play out of. Yeah, it, it took me about five years because, wow. of, the, because of the verse, like all, all, all rhymes, uh, and different <laughs> kinds of rhyme schemes. That and, rhyming dictionary from your mother yeah, came in handy. It sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and it, uh, you can almost see it, if you read the cycles, I, I, the, the first thing I did was follows very closely the Chester cycle of creation, but I just, uh, it's God talking about creating the world. And I, I followed the form very, very closely, but I just would throw in references to Big Bang and, and subatomic physics and, and a place where science and faith intersect. And, but as I got deeper into writing them, I, I started seeing what they were doing and so it became less an adaptation and more inspired by yeah. what they were doing. By the time I get to Nativity and the Coyotes, I'm kind of just <laughs> taking what they're doing and, and creating my own much more. And, and the stories from the Nativity are also in those cycles too, with Mary That's and right. Joseph and King Herod and all of that. And the second Shepherd's play, which is a, a, the beginning chunk of, of the play you'll see this afternoon is, is follows very closely the second shepherd's play of this wonderful comic scene that could be a scene on faulty towers really that uh -huh. for its construction and, yeah. Yeah. now these plays were produced between 91 and 93 mm -hmm. and then for the production here at the NAC you revisited those uh, scripts yeah. and took a look at another play that you had written mm -hmm. that's right I, I, I about 10 years after the mystery plays uh, I wrote a 30-minute play for the caravan that does a sleigh ride Christmas show where people, 20 people per sleigh, get on a sleigh and, and go through the 80-acre farm that the caravan now has and, and watch as little scenes happen. And I'd written a play called Coyote's Christmas uh, that was 
was taking, the first play I wrote for the caravan was called The Coyotes, and it was about these three coyotes. For some reason, I always had a fascination with animals in my plays, uh, who talk, anthropomorphic animals. Uh, and it was, I had these three characters, and Nick again said, well, what if they, there's three of them, there's three shepherds, maybe there's something in the Christmas story. So I wrote this little play that I was, quite happy with. Like sometimes you write things and they don't feel quite right, but this one I feel like really hit something that, that worked. And, uh, and it was also, I think, in, in very much informed by and inspired by my work with the mystery plays and the Second Shepherd's play. So it, it almost, it, you'll see it's almost a mirror image of the Second yeah. Shepherd's play, the coyotes. And so Peter said, well, what about putting those two together? And, First, I thought that seems a little odd, but then I looked at it and thought about it, and uh, say, well, this this could be a really interesting experiment, and and it has been with with Peter's help and Leah Cherniak, the director, had a lot of lot of input into the script, and it was quite wonderful because Leah is Jewish, so she had some some big questions about the story of the birth of of baby Jesus, the Messiah, <laughs> and also had lots of script input, which, which I admit the first few times I talked to Leah, I thought, oh no, I'm going to have to rewrite because she really cares about this play. <laughs> like I can't just <laughs> toss it off. Like she's going to get in there and dig and ask questions. And, uh, and yeah, it's been, a, and also I, I remember, luckily you talked me out of the one thing I wanted to cut, which, which I won't talk about. But, <laughs> You know, just finding the way how the two plays work together. At one point, there was one element I wanted to take out, and Peter said, "Oh no, that has to stay." And I'm really glad you. Oh, good. It's a, it's a real challenge to tell these stories in a modern world with people of all different denominations and mm -hmm. stuff. How how what is your thinking about that now, and seeing it through previews this week and the opening last night? We had we had I, a, a a group of nuns that came. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other night, yeah, and so it was really. Uh, uh, yeah, I was sitting where I could see them, and, and they, uh, <laughs> and, and they were also. I, I thought, oh, the poor nuns, because they were right in the middle of the audience. So I thought, if if they're offended or don't like it, they're not going to be able to walk out. <laughs> 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 but luckily, they were they were laughing and probably laughing harder than people around them. Some of the things that you would think, you know, might. They might not find funny, but they, they what certainly nuns were. were I, I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think they were the nuns just uh, past the market. The gray nuns. The I'm, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But yeah, what, one of the things that I came up against when I first read the medieval plays, which, as I mentioned, are wonderful, wonderfully theatrical, beautiful language, and really vital and robust. But it was also the Middle Ages, and the warts of Christianity are very evident there. They're very anti-Semitic, um, anti-Muslim. It's sort of sad to see how the roots of our present-day conflicts, how deep they run. And it, throughout the mystery plays, all the devils swear by Muhammad. You know, so it's just, and it just, <laughs> it makes me sad that, I mean, I believe so much in the interconnectedness of life, and humans and nature and, and faiths. Uh, and I find in working on these plays and I you know, talk to ministers and rabbis and uh, it's really fascinating to find that uh, 
priests and those people are often the most uh, open uh, to, yeah. to, you know, embracing other religions. And, and, that, and that's what I wanted. I thought, okay, I don't want this to be an exclusive thing. I, I want to look at these stories and what is really universal in them and, uh, and try to bring that forward. And, and you know, and just, uh, I guess it's whatever, what faith is about or science or art is your personal response to something. And so I thought, well, that's all I can do is my personal response and bring who I am with an open heart to these stories and, and trust that it's, they're funny without being offensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder if anyone here today has a question for Peter that they'd like to ask. Yeah. Well, perhaps one of the troublesome aspects, the slaughter of the innocents. Mm -hmm. uh, I read the publicity for the play, which was uh, it's a very uplifting play. Yeah. So the question is, how does the detail about the slaughter of the innocents connect to a play that's for the holidays and uplifting? And <laughs> how do they fit together? Well, I, I always like—I always been a big fan of opposites. I think when when you have light, you want to have dark too. And I think it—I think humor opens one up to feel. And I, I think it's uh, undeniable that there is whether you want to call it evil or things happen in this world that are are awful <laughs> and still happening today and and that's part of me a part of what i found powerful about the christmas story from the bible is that that is there the the this awful king and the idea of tyranny and just this that the slaughter of the innocents so uh so i i find it if I may say so myself, bold, but I wanted to have the sweep of everything uh, that's there. And I, I think it works. I'm very pleased with how they've staged it. I think it's, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't want it to just be a funny piece of fluff, I think. I, yeah. Well, it's part, part of that, that story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's a film when I was quite young I, by... Pasolini called the Gospel According to Saint Matthew, and I really recommend it. It's a beautiful film, and it's it's all the dialogue is taken from the Gospel of Saint Matthew. There's not a, a word changed. You know, Pasolini was a communist, and it was a black oh. and white film. and And I remember in particular the slaughter of the innocents, and it really made me see the story in a whole new way. When I was 14, I went, wow, and it just open your eyes to, you know, you have preconceived notions about things and mm -hmm. to see it from a different angle. That's what I mean by loving opposites, like see from another person's eyes, which is what really good theater does. Well, thank you very, very much for coming this afternoon. And uh, uh, we're really thrilled to be bringing Nativity to you. And uh, please join me in thanking Peter Anderson for talking with us this afternoon. Thank you.
That's all for this edition of the Hinterviews podcast. Send us your comments and questions. You can reach us by sending an email to hinterviews at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this and other NAC podcasts by visiting www.nac-cna.ca slash podcasts. There you'll find our past episodes, subscription links, and instructions on how to subscribe. You can also easily find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Search on Hinterviews. If you'd like to stay in touch with news and updates from the NAC English Theatre, sign up for the free e-bulletin by visiting www.nac-cna.ca slash email alerts. You can also find us on Facebook. Become a fan of the NAC English Theatre on Facebook by entering NAC English Theatre into the search bar. Until next time, this is Sean Fitzpatrick for Peter Hinton and Company saying goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre in Ottawa.